quite a few people actually uh, quite a few people actually asked me to be their godfather. <laughs> so he is one of them that personally asked me. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And uh, so praise God for that. And along the way, there are also others that actually, you know, asked me to even like, uh, to be like their buddy. And I also do that, right? So being in this home for a long time, I'm more like an antique now, you know. Uh, but nevertheless, whether antique or not, we always have something that we can contribute. Yep. So today I wanted to uh, thank you, Dan, for the brief introduction. And uh, it is really a blessing you know, to be able to be serving alongside so many wonderful and beautiful people. And I wanted to bring up the first slide. Uh, many of you would have heard of Charles Blondin. He's actually a Frenchman. And uh, he has crossed the Niagara River over 300 times in his lifetime. And he's a very, and he does so many feats, you know, as a tightrope walker. And he even uh, baked an omelette on it, walking on stilts. So if you read his story, it'd be amazing, this guy, what he did, right? But one of the things that I really wanted to resonate with me personally was, he actually used a wheelbarrow to cross, you know, to balance himself to the other side of the river. And a man like him with so much experience, one day he's asked them, asked all the people that uh, were watching him, he says, ah, oh, do you believe that I can push this wheelbarrow across? People say, yeah, 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 sure. No problem. Everybody cheer him. Then he says, okay, who volunteered to come on board of this wheelbarrow? <laughs> Suddenly, everybody quiet like what we are doing now. So, and I want to end the story there, but I'll continue it later, right? So when Pastor Chris actually, uh, today actually, we actually have a guest speaker, Pastor Miso, right? So I'm not the guest speaker, right? But nevertheless, on Monday, he actually called us and said that he actually got a very serious bout of COVID. And so as a result, we just try to pull people together. Okay, staff, who is volunteering? I actually didn't volunteer. <laughs> right? But the Word of God says we should be in and out of season. Right? So as a result, okay, between Mayan and myself, I, I don't know who actually appointed who, but nevertheless, I'm here today, right? So, so when I was, uh, so Pastor Chris called and said, okay, so who is going to speak on Sunday? And he says, oh, me. They said, so who is your character that you're going to talk about? I said, maybe one of your Disneyland character? <laughs> and he keep quiet about it, right? So I said, well, if you have a Disneyland character that has the faith, you, you tell me, then I will speak on that, right? But I do not know anything about Disneyland, okay? I've been there twice, but don't really know, okay? There's one time, actually, I was riding the uh, roller coaster. So my daughter actually was with me, and she said, Dad, come, go on the roller coaster with me. I said, okay, fine. You guess what? I closed my eye all the way from the start until the end, and I opened up my eyes. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. I had a good ride. Okay. So, now, so today's our series is Faith in the Real World. The Lord actually impressed upon my heart to, instead of a Bible character, which most of us actually can relate. If I talk about Daniel, David, Abraham, every one of us can relate to him in one way or another. But, I was thinking, 
why not I be the character? Why not I share my own personal life journey? Because we are talking about faith in the real world. So I share my basically my faith journey. It may or may not resonate with you, but it's okay, right? Take some of the lessons that I go through, some mistakes that I go through, and hopefully, right, you can learn something from it. Okay, this is my family here. Beautiful family, isn't it? Right? So I got my beloved wife here, and my uh, youngest son and the fiancé uh, came over for the weekend. It wasn't planned, by the way. <laughs> right? And uh, we have our eldest son and uh, Liz. Actually, they are in London now for a year. And uh, so we also have extended family. So Liz is actually the daughter of Nigel and Jenny. The, at the back, somebody, right? At the back there, right? Yep. So, and uh, we also have our lovely daughter, my favorite daughter as well. Uh, she lives in the city. And next month will be our 28th year in Australia. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so our move to Australia is actually my plan versus God's plan. So in November of 93, I came actually to Melbourne for about two weeks to recce Melbourne, basically Australia, to see whether this is where the Lord want me. And also, there is also a business proposal in the real estate. And also at the same time, actually I wanted to gather some data. Like for instance, in this book here, I recorded like how much the cost of petrol, how much per week or for food and everything. So I gathered quite a lot of data, right? And uh, this is all men's thinking, right? So I was planning to come basically on my own. And if things after for one year and when I make some money and after that, get my family over subsequently. So as a firm believer, I also found that record keeping here so is very, very important and I am reminded of what the Lord speaks to me because during the two weeks, not only I was just scouting on the physical, but I was also seeking the Lord to ensure that this is what the Lord wants us to do. Right? So to cut the long story short, on the last day of my trip, the Lord led me to read James 4, 13 to 15. And basically, it hit me like a ton of brick. So what he says here is, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Right. So, whereas you do not even know what your life is all about, Right? For what is your life? It's just like a vapor that will appear and then disappear. Instead, what I ought to do is, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this and that. So this passage basically brought out the four things I was looking for. Come to such and such a city for one year, real estate business, and then make some money. This is exactly what I was looking for. Right, and in my kernel, my that was my plan. Okay, so my search for answers cannot be any clearer. See, the Lord is humorous. Let me enjoy the thirteen days. On the fourteen days, He tell me this. You know, and um, so He has a way of getting our attention. Let you enjoy your life, right? But your plan. Now I tell you my plan. So lesson number one in my faith journey is do not put the cart before the horse. So what I did was I wanted to do all the four things I want to do, but I didn't seek the, what the Lord the will for me. Right? And so seek and pray. If you are in that situation, I would suggest to seek and pray for the Lord first. Right? Don't, be, don't do foolish things like me. Right, where I really want to do the things I want to do, and God will direct our path. So it is God's plan versus my plan. Okay. So on my return to Malaysia, Annie, my wife here, actually confirmed that she actually doesn't have the peace for us to be involved in this business. 
and she was also not ready to migrate, right? And because we were just very happy in Malaysia. And uh, there's no reason for us to migrate unless the Lord wants us to do it, right? Children education and a better life is not, are not the things that we seek to migrate here. I know a lot of people do that, right? But we do not think that was the, the, the way that the Lord wants us to lead us here. So, our plan for migration was actually put on hold. So, back to the, our knees and begin asking the Lord, Lord, is this what you want us to do? Right? So, that's... So the next thing is we, yes, Annie and I, we are actually one flesh, right? One flesh. At the next slide. Uh, so we are two flesh, but because we were already married, it becomes one flesh, right? Because the two shall become one flesh. And you can imagine when you have like three, one is the couple, the other one is you have your own mind, and she has her own mind, I have my own mind. Can imagine the potential tensions already happening, right, in the physical. Matthew wrote a beautiful story of uh, Joseph and Mary. Uh, can I have the next slide, please? Yeah. So when Joseph found out that Mary was with child, and being a righteous man, Joseph, he had in mind, if you read the book of Matthew 1, he actually had in mind to divorce her. But God has his plan by sending Joseph a dream. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. That was what the verse state, right? And Joseph changed his mind and took Mary as his beloved wife. See, God also at the same time has already prepared Mary about this. And when the two become one, come together as directed by the Lord through either the angels appear to them or in a dream, right? There is something that happened in the spiritual realm. So I would encourage that some of us here, if you are going through between husband and wife, seek the Lord. The Lord if you are two in one flesh, the Lord will speak to her and the Lord will speak to you or him at the same time and there will be a unity, right? And in Alpha, I like the Alpha course and if you have not attended one Alpha course, go and see our Auntie Peggy here, right? Uh, the next one coming up, Peggy, is the next Alpha? September. The Holy Spirit weekend is in, I think, two weeks' time. Right, And if you want to seek God's guidance and will in your life, Alpha actually has five CS that can help you and guide you in your decision making. And I love that. Right. So what are the five CS that we are talking about? The first one is common sense. Sometimes don't have to think so far, don't look so far. Just common sense will tell you, right? Second one is commanding scripture. What does the scripture say? The third one is counsel of the saints. We have all the saints here that you can seek for advice. And the fourth thing is you must have a compelling spirit. The fifth thing is circumstantial signs. God can show us signs. I remember Patrick Sim here got his own testimony. Right? You talk to him, he will tell you his testimony about the signs that the Lord showed to him. Right? So what do you think is a sixth yes? I coined this one as consult spouse. <laughs> it is very important because, you know, if you are married, right, this is inevitable and it's a must-do thing. Okay? Since you are both in one flesh already, right? So you cannot tear the flesh apart. So we, Annie and I, also we have our own journey. We have the same triangle like what Mary and Joseph is going through. Right? Because we really need to sort the Lord as to God, is this the will for you, you know, to tell you know, for us to come here? And when we begin to seek the Lord, you know, over time the Lord will speak to her and the Lord will speak to me. 
And as a result, we both have be able to consult each other. What is the Lord speaking to you? And most of the time, actually, Chi will say, so what was the Lord telling you? What's the Lord you know, speaking to you? Because I can understand her position because she is a wife and she wants to submit to authority, right? But I told her, no, you must seek the Lord yourself and then we discuss later, right? And that's how we operate, right? And, uh, but one thing I wanted to assure all of us here that the Lord will not tear us apart. If the Lord's will for us to come here, He will speak to your wife or you, at the same time, or maybe there's a, there could be a delay, but nevertheless, the timing will be God's timing, and it will be a perfect timing, right? So what if only one party receives, and the other party hasn't got an answer? My suggestion to you is to wait. Because God ultimately has a bigger plan for us than our own plan. You can plan, but allow the Lord to direct our paths. Okay, so lesson number two in my faith journey is do not forget to consult spouse. Okay, and so after much, so when I go back after the uh, 14 day, God actually has not done with me yet. But because we put our migration on hold, the next thing is, well, we go back to our knees and start praying. And, you know, and through the council of saints and confirmation from our home group members and so many other things, the Lord actually gave us the peace to come. But that was actually over a year. Right? So there's no hurry in God's timing. Right? Just allow the Lord to do His... Uh, the, his timeline, not my timeline. So when I told my boss that, oh, I'm leaving, this guy is just amazing. He is a managing director of six public listed companies of a huge conglomerate and he's very powerful. He's very powerful and very influential in the company. So when I told him, oh, I wanted to leave for Australia. He was very surprised. He says, why Australia? Australia is having a recession at that time. Why are you coming? You know, he advised me not to come. And he tried to convince me, you know, to stay, outlining, because he is the MD, he has six public listed company, he can do anything he, he like with, with me, right? So he outlined to me a good career plan. And he showed me, okay, this is what I intend to do and this is what I plan for you if you are going to stay back here. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that is actually a good plan. I was in my late 30s. And who will give up anything in the late 30s, right? You will want to make as much as you can. Okay? And he told me, you are young. You have the benefit of time. I'm older. I don't have the benefit of time. So it was very tempting initially. And uh, quite a lot of people too, were actually discouraging us from migrating because we have three young children. At that time, our children was only one, four, and seven. And jobs are hard to come by because of the recession. As a matter of fact, we, when we arrive, there are people, or even before we arrive, we also know that actually people are going back from here to look for jobs in Malaysia. Right? And so we are going the reverse. So it was actually quite scary, you know, at that time. But somehow, we actually don't feel that we are scared, you know, of the situation. We just follow God's plan well, you know. And so Annie wants to ensure and to make sure that I have no regrets to come over after we decide to come over. And uh, given the, the good... Uh, prospect and all the plans that is outlined by my boss. He says, are you sure? So I told her, I said, men can promise anything, but they may not fulfill it. Whereas God, 
when God promises something, it will be yes and amen. And he, we can assure, be assured that He will fulfill it. So we have a, now man's promise and God's promise. So which, are we, which one are we clinging on? So if it's a Lord's plan, right? No future challenges or obstacles are too great for God. So we come with the expectation that, hey, things will ne not necessarily be smooth for us, but we cling on to what God's plan for us. So we have limited funds at that time when we arrived in Australia, and we needed a home loan to help buy our first home. So we consulted a mobile lender. You know, those days we have, um, I think they still have now, right? To determine our eligibility and how much we can borrow. So in my mind, right, we said, or in our mind, we said no chance because, but we said no harm trying because we don't have a job. There's no income here. But praise God, within a week, you know, this mobile lender show up with a pre-approved letter giving us the same the amount that we actually wanted, right? With that letter, we confidently went to go and oh, put in an offer to buy the house, right? And within four months of us arriving, two months uh, for settlement, we basically moved into our new home. So we praise God for that, right? So the housing loan actually comes with also a credit card. You know, imagine... No income, they give you a credit card as well. You know, how good is that, right? Because, but we just felt that this is actually the favor of God, right? Because at that time, buying big purchases, because just moving without furniture, without anything, buying big uh, uh, items, credit card is very useful, right? So after settling into our home, the mobile lender came to visit us. And I asked him, out of curiosity, I said, uh, by the way, Shane, his name is Shane. I said, Shane, why do you want to give us a loan knowing that we got no income? He says, um, oh, because we have potential. That's the only the reason he gave to us. So not sure exactly what he actually meant by we have potential, <laughs> right? You know, but... Definitely, we believe that it is God's favor. Okay, so lesson number three in my faith, in our faith journey, is do not put your confidence in men. So, when we begin to go into the plan of the Lord, the Lord will somehow direct men. Not that we don't have confidence in Shane to give me the loan, but God will somehow move them to our favor. Okay, so it is better to trust the Lord than to put our confidence in men. So when you know that it is the Lord's plan, there should be no anxiety. Instead, trust the Lord and He will bring the right people to help us each step of our journey, faith journey. Okay? So how we came to FGM is another long story, right? Um, we actually were asked by Evelyn's cousin to pass her a letter, to pass Auntie Evelyn a letter. And that's when we came to know about FGA, and, uh, which was only nine months old. And there were about 60 to 70 members, and we were worshipping in the Uniting Church on Benson Street in Monalbert. You know, if some of, I think quite a few of us are, were there too as well. And... The other thing is, because we send the children to Waverley Christian College and they have some friends in Waverley uh, Christian Fellowship those days, uh, WCF, the next slide, right? So now we have two churches. Waverley Christian Fellowship, now called City Life, versus FGA. By all account, next slide, uh, Emily. Uh, by all account and comparison of facilities and programs, WCF actually is, has all the pluses than FGA. But the Lord impressed upon my heart on my first day in the church, this is your home. Even though we came from Calvary Church, where everything is like, 
WCF those days, we have 2,000 members. They also have 2,000 members. We can walk in and walk out without doing anything. Like, right? <laughs> and it's okay because you've got proper usher. You've got all the Sunday schools and everything is all there for us. But God told me, this is your home. I said, what? But we just follow. And as a result, not long after we joined it. And we stay in Wanchana South, right? Waverly Christian Fellowship is only three minutes down the road. FGA is 25 minutes away, <laughs> right? I mean, it makes no sense, right? And worse still is, after we worship for about a couple of months, we moved to Kerry Grammar, and it's even further, right? Now, this time, it's more than 30 minutes of drive, driving. But God wants us to be there, so in and out, we just travel every Sunday, right? And worst thing is, we also have the Christian education classes in Auntie Peggy's house in Wall Street those days. And that's also another 30 minutes away, right? But, so lugging our three children, one, four, and seven, to all the services as well as attending CE classes, Auntie Peggy was so gracious those days to give us a room for, oh, the children can sleep on the floor and, right, a proper room and all that, right? Distance facilities, programs, or even fellowship do not deter us from where the Lord wants us. So as an ordinary member, attending FGA at that time, we just avail ourselves, right? And uh, my motto is just do it. If you see there's something on the floor that's dirty, just pick it up. Don't have to even be asked. And I really thank the Lord that many times I've requested for help in many areas. Last week as well, uh, uh, Kate, Kate is... Uh, is oh, yeah, sorry. The water bottle runs out. And uh, I told Kate, Kate, can you bring a bottle of water just to replace that? And without hesitation, I said, oh, and all that, he quickly grabbed another new bottle and replaced it. I think this is how, if this is our home, let's do it, right? If you see the water is empty bottle, don't say, Pastor Boy, see the bottle is empty. I know it's empty. You also know it's empty. <laughs> Right? But replace one. Right? <coughs> so when we were in Kerry Grammar, I remember poor Jenny Leong was the only one standing at the door to welcome new people or visitors or even Sunday worshippers. <coughs> I had one, four, and seven at that time. One is not, Asia was one year old and he was on the on the uh, baby pram. I volunteer myself, stand at the door, hey, good morning, welcome to church. Nobody asked me to do that, but I just stand there, right? <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so, I'm speaking to all of us now here. I'm taking away my pastor's hat, right? But from an ordinary member, right? Do not stay in the pot. So what I mean is, in the pot, I have here a potted plant. <laughs> this is a bit dying, actually. <laughs> this is a rose that I planted about three years ago. <laughs> you look at it, not only it didn't thrive, but the branches are also dying. Right? So my encouragement to all of us here is, don't stay in the pot, right? Because if you have that pot mentality, it's either not even thriving, you are actually dying, right? So, and, and, and the thing is, when you have a pot mentality is, if the climate is favorable, you just bring it outside. If it's not favorable, you bring it inside. Likewise, if you have a pot mentality in the church, well, somebody offended me. I'm going to leave church, right? I'm going to leave the home group. And when somebody, you know, say, oh, would you be involved or interested in this ministry? Why you want to call me? 
I come here as an ordinary member. No, 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 no. We as a family, right? If there's need around here in the home, let's just avail ourselves, right? And I want to challenge all of us here today. Pluck yourself out of this pot. Okay? And plant yourself onto our FGA ground. FGA ground is actually a fertile ground. Okay? And most of us can testify of that. The soil is really fertile here. Right? You know why? Because we see so many babies all popping up. <laughs> right? Every year. So when you get yourself out of the pot and begin to plant yourself on the ground, what will happen is that you will realize that your roots can begin to expand. When your roots grow wide and deep, what will happen? They start to draw nutrients. And this plant will not be half dead like this. Because in the pot, you only have limited growth. Whereas on the ground, you actually have unlimited growth. So don't limit yourself to the size of this pot. Okay? God has a bigger purpose for all of us. Plant yourself on the ground. Right? Our muscles, our skills, our talents, or even our giftings are not for show and tell. Get out of that comfort zone. Roll up our sleeves, dirty your hands, and use them for God's glory in this home. So in re this regard, I really wanted to thank all those that have volunteered in one way or another. You guys are amazing. Without all of us here, leaders, pastors, and our lay people, even our multimedia, they come at 7.30 in the morning when most of us are still snoring. Let's give them a clap. And when we are here, the next thing is, how do I come on staff here? So Pastor Roland, our senior pastor then, approached me to come on staff to serve in the administration because the church is growing and to assist in some of the pastoral follow-ups. So I asked God, why me? Right? I've been serving as a lay person in different capacities, <laughs> ushering from home group leading and everything else, right? So we just do whatever that is needful. So, but at the same time, it was not a decision to be taken lightly because I was in my early 40s with a young family with much needs and commitments like most of us young families here. So Annie and I, we actually prayed very hard about this proposal for quite a few months because we have other better competing options right, and better alternatives open to us. So after much prayer and consultation, counsel of the saints, right, and having assurances from the Lord, we say yes, Pastor Roland, yes, thank you, Pastor Roland, if you're online, right? And amongst others, right, one agency in particular, contacted me after I say yes to Pastor Ron. You guess what? He says, oh, um, are you interested to work as an expatriate in Bangkok? <laughs> well, you got a good pay. You got a good housing. The children will be in the, in the uh, international schools. And you also get to get to fly back now and then. The offer was so tempting, but without hesitation, my dear wife, who got much more faith than me, no, 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 we are not going. <laughs> right? Because she told me, we already committed. The Lord has spoken. We have already committed. Right? And that's what it is. And, uh, and she said the other two other words. No, three words. No turning back. We know it's going to be a big financial sacrifice, but we also know that God is a much bigger God. Bigger God. Okay? He has a bigger plan for us. 
So I'm reminded of Nehemiah, who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Right? You have the Sambalat, right? The Tobias and the Gershem will come and ridicule, mock, and despise, and even felt rather disturbed because it says in Nehemiah 2.10, someone comes to look after the well-being of the Israelites because Nehemiah has a burden to go back to rebuild the wall because of the people there suffering. What's wrong, right? with really taking care of the people? What's wrong with you providing pastoral stuff? What's wrong with you just extending a helping hand to people who are in need? Nothing wrong with that, right? But you have the Sambalat, the Tobias, and the Gershom that actually come and mock you, despise you, and even rebuke you, right? So any also has to deal with that. There are people who have seemingly good intention and good advice. Oh, Annie, maybe I let her. I can let her share another time, right? <laughs> Annie, you must get your children out of Waverly Christian College at that time, as you will not be able to afford the school fees. It is true because we really have to stretch ourselves and really have to budget, right? But we deep down in our heart, we know the Lord shall supply. So before our migration, God already put into her heart to send the children to the Christian school. So if there's a change in our journey, right? What are we supposed to do? Are we going to follow back the original Think that the Lord has spoken, or we are going to change. James says different winds of doctrines, but we stick to what the Lord has initially impressed upon us. So, my dear wife, uh, say, so we have all this instead of being our cheerleaders and to encourage us to follow the Lord's leading, they are like the Sambalat, you know like the Tobias and the Gishim, to discourage us as if our God is not big enough. Right? So my dear wife, being a woman of great faith, told them, well, when God called us to serve in the church, He did not call us into poverty. He is a great God. and my God shall supply all our needs. And indeed, over so many years, He has never failed us. In fact, He has provided way beyond, above what we could even ask for or imagine. Amen? We, we can't really outgive God, you know. It is not that when I came into the church, I have nothing better to do. Right? But I believe God's hand and destiny is upon me and the family. Right? And we are grateful for that. And we are faithfully serving the Lord in this house. People that God has entrusted to us, the things, the ministries or whatever, God has entrusted to us. And I want to encourage all of us here, whatever the Lord laid in your heart, whatever the Lord has put onto your hand, just do it faithfully. Yep. So guess what? Next month will be my 25th year <laughs> serving the Lord in FGA. Right? And FGA is our first and only church in Melbourne. And the other thing is, had I chosen another pathway, right? I would not have met so many beautiful and wonderful people in our midst here. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. So, lesson number four in our spiritual journey is do not look just at the physical. It says, so fix our eyes not on the things what is seen. There are a lot of things that we can't see because God will not reveal to you 
everything, right? But as we begin to take our faith one step at a time, right? He is going to show us. So what, but on what is unseen? So for what is seen is only temporary. The programs can come, the programs can go. The food will be there. Tomorrow, next week, we'll have another different kind of foods, right? But what is unseen is eternal. So are we looking for eternal or the, uh, the things that you can see now? Okay, so my encouragement to all of us here is to look beyond the physical. Not that the physical is not important, but look beyond it, right? So I want to summarize our lessons in my faith journey in case you have forgotten. <laughs> First is do not put the cart before the horse. The second thing is do not forget to consult your spouse. The third thing is, you know, do not just put your confidence in man. And the fourth area is do not look beyond the physical. Oh, do not look at the physical. Look beyond the physical. Sorry about that. Thank you, Uncle Ellen, for your wisdom. <laughs> yeah. So, what the lessons that you see here, there are a lot of things that are going underneath, just like this plant. What you see on top here, but beneath the soil, a lot of things are happening, right? So what are my basis for our faith journey? The next slide. So throughout our faith journey, we learn a lot from our elders, from our pastors, from our leaders, and from everyone. Basically, we can learn anything, right, if we are open enough to learn, right? So thank you all for your input and guidance into our lives, our children, they're amazing, and I'm so proud of them. They have been our greatest cheerleaders. Despite all we have gone through, but they are our greatest cheerleaders, and I'm so thankful for the Lord, for them, and my lovely wife as well. Now, these are the lessons in my faith journey. It may or may not resonate with you, right? but I want to know I want you to know that these lessons are but only the outward expressions and applications of what the Lord has taught us. Right? So what you see below here is where the Lord has taught us. So what I want to give you three things that the Lord has taught us in that time. The first thing is faith is developed from within you. One of the basis is faith. Uh, next slide. Uh, Faith is developed from within you. What I mean by that is Mark 11, 22-24 gives a very good summary of what it is to have faith from within. Right? It is from the heart. So your, our mind and our heart, it must be in line. What you think in our, you know, the plans that we have, but ultimately, when the Lord speaks to you in your heart, and if it's in line, it is very powerful. And you and I must make conscious efforts to develop ready, daily a spiritual discipline and practice. True? If we want to develop our faith from within, well, you have the Word of God. You have worship, right? You have uh, understanding of the doctrines of God. And you must also draw near to God, right? And I wanted to thank Dan for bringing up this reading, the Bible reading plan. How are we? If we really want to build our faith from within, let's not neglect the Bible reading that we have uh, daily. Right? So what you see in our family, what you see in me, is not our doing. It's what God is doing through us. And and one of the things that I also wanted to remind some of us here is either you or your spouse may have greater faith than you or sometimes the children will have greater faith. Let me remind you, don't hitch a right on their faith. You have to build your own faith. Because ultimately, we all have to take responsibility for our walk 
and our faith, right? And that is only can be done if it's from within you. The second thing that the basis for our faith journey is faith is built over time. Romans 10, 17 says, faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? The message you hear today, the words that you read today, is only applicable maybe now. But if you have built layer by layer over time, have a consistent reading plan, right? It's actually grow thicker and thicker and your faith will be stronger and stronger, right? And I can tell you, right? Faith takes time to build. And I know some of us are hungry now, right? And can't wait to have lunch. But this is only feeding our spiritual person. A physical person. <laughs> More food means we get bigger. Right? So by the but when we begin to feed more to our spirit, our spirit man will also get bigger. So you can choose right, to have more nasi lemak or more of the word of God. It's up to you. And either you want to grow bigger physically or spiritually. Right? It's all up to you. Right? But take baby steps. You see, there are a lot of, some of us, when we face a terminal illness, suddenly, God is so important in my life. But I want to ask you one question. If you and I cannot believe God for, to heal our cough and cold, how, uh, how much faith do we need to really believe God when we are faced with a terminal illness? So take baby steps. Build your faith little by little. So when the time comes, God already prepared us. Right? And the third thing is, the basis for our faith is, faith actually requires action. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. For faith to take place, you and I need to take action. So why do you think the Templetons are so passionate about ministering to the people, the less privileged in the high-rise buildings? right? Not only they are called by the, I think Channel 9 called them the high-rise angels, but we also have a lot of angels here. Do you know that? Pastor Roland, pastoring and Ipin, right? Raymond Xiao, our Raymond Xiao, where's Raymond? Raymond there, has been our missions director for the last 20 over years, faithfully serving and sending lots of mission teams. Pastor Kate and Anna, ministry to the Vietnamese pastors. Chris, taking the medical mission team to the uh, Philippines for the last more 10-15 years already, right? What about our leaders here in all the ministries, right? Home group leaders, our pastoral staff. Yen, Yen Xiao, where are you, Yen? Chi, oh, sorry to hear about your accident yesterday, right? But she actually is also involved in this educational ministry for the less privileged as well, right? Our media team, Every one of us, we are all, our food team, without them, I think we will not have our lunch, right? So I really want to thank Cheryl and the team uh, for putting all this lunch for us to, so that we can grow sideways. So my last slide here, I want to uh, quote what Billy Graham says, right? Our late Billy Graham has some, a lot of wonderful things, but I want to specifically quote this verse. The, the, this passage of what he says, that faith literally means to give up, surrender or commit. Faith is having complete confidence in God to lead and guide us. Just as a person does when he or she climbs into a boat rather than just trying to hang on it. So with this, I wanted to close. Uh, 
and give you the opportunity. My lessons, my fifth lessons my, in my journey, the things that I do, the things, the basis for our faith may or may not resonate with you. Right? But I want to encourage you, if today some of the lessons or basis relates to you, but you may be thinking, well, you are Pastor YC. You are a pastor. Definitely you got more faith than us. But that's not the case. Sometimes you, what you see in me is not me. It's what the Lord is doing through me. Right? So I believe that today, God can also do through you. If only our basis for our faith is correct. And when I was praying about this message to given the very short time, only about five, six days, you know, the Lord actually impressed upon my heart today to pray specifically for three groups of people. The first group is, there are a couple of people here. He, the Lord told me three, but I think there are more. Whom the Lord has been nudging you to come on board whether full-time or as a lay leader. But you are not willing to give up because too much is at stake. The second group of people is, you want to get across to the other side, but you are not willing to jump onto the wheelbarrow because even though you have seen what the Lord has done for you in the past, just like Charles Blondin, he has successfully crossed the Nigeria hundreds of times, right? By all, you know, our thoughts, we could have actually jumped on it. Yeah, I know, because he has done it for the past 200 times. I'm sure he can take me across. Maybe you have been believing the Lord for so many other things, but God is challenging you. Maybe in your situation now that you are facing the Lord wants you to take this leap of faith, jump onto the wheelbarrow, I'm going to take you across. The third group of people is, you have put too much confidence in men. God wants you to turn to trust in Him instead. See, the altar is open, and if you are in any of these categories, if you want to respond, you're more than welcome to come to the front here. Thank you.